Fun times in Cleveland today. Cleveland. Come on down to Cleveland town, everyone. Come and look at both of our buildings. Buy some food that's prepared near the street. Who knows, you might even see this guy. You should come on down to West 6th Street. It's the perfect place if you're a douchebag. Watch the poor people all wait for buses. Who the fuck still uses a payphone? Here's the place where there used to be industry. This train is carrying jobs out of Cleveland. Cleveland leads the nation in drifters. Here's a statue of Moses Cleveland. He's the guy who invented Cleveland. Yeah! Ooh, all right. Here we are in the Malcolm Go podcast, episode 14, November 2nd, 2016. So it's going to be an uneventful bye week, I guess. Huh, Vince? Hey, we have content. We, have, we got content. I thought we were going to come in here, have nothing to talk about on the podcast. And of course, one of the biggest news stories probably of the last few years um, comes falling in our laps, I want to say in a negative way, but it's a terrible way, and I'm not happy about it. And of course, it's the trading of superstar linebacker Jamie Collins. With me today is my good friend Vince on the Malcolm Go Pod. Uh, excited to have him. He's Always a Patriots happy to guy. Be here. I could, I wanted to bring in some other people, but I didn't feel like they could retort and discuss with me uh, Jamie Collins' issue. I wanted to have a real conversation about this trade. What happened? Where do we go from here? Why it happened? What's the point of it? And I want it to be as as real and patriot content as possible. No soundboard, none of that garbage. No I just Dominic asking what Tom Brady's going to do without or, his favorite. Exactly. I don't want target. I don't want Dominic in here asking me who Jamie Collins is or if Jamie Collins is going to play well this week <laughs> in New England. So I don't know what happened. So we could talk about the win in Buffalo all we want, but nobody cares about that anymore. We're, we're, it's, we're, no, we're, no reason to even. There's touch none. On so. I want to be honest here. All anybody is doing, uh, everyone's heart, I feel like, this is the most shocking trade of the Patriots' tenure that I can remember maybe since, I mean, Seymour was shocking, and I was shocked that Mike Vrabel was added in the Matt Castle deal. Those two shocked me. Since then, I haven't been shocked. I was shocked with Logan Mankins. And you, and then I texted you, and you were like, "No, no, that's well, not shocking at all." And I was like, "Okay, all right." I've discussed this before. There's so many things that go into it, right? There's, there's Bill Belichick will trade you. Everyone knows it, right? So you're going to get traded. But these are two talking Chandler Jones and Jamie Collins, two up and comer coming into their prime years. The set, you know, before their rookie contract is over, getting traded. That's what I mean. So you think you're going to get. Chandler Jones, you think Chandler Jones is traded, right? So he's traded to Arizona. And that's because we're, we have our boy. Right. So you think you're going to – Bill Belichick, he, he favors the linebackers. He fa- he's always been a linebacker coach. He loves linebackers, their agility. He loves uh, a special linebacker, which, of course, Jamie Collins is. So you think once Chandler go- Jones goes, which it hurt – it's, you're, you're seeing that it's hurting already with the um, with the lack of a pass rush, but you think it's okay because guess what? Now you're going to get your four guys or maybe five, four superstars, five guys paid. You're going to get Dante Hightower paid. You're going to get Jamie Collins paid, Malcolm Butler paid, probably Jabal Sheard, and then you're going to get Chris Long back. So, I mean, that's five guys. So you're okay with it. But now you see... You're sitting here at this at this point, and you're thinking, why wouldn't you just trade Jamie Collins before the season? And you could have kept Chandler Jones. So obviously this was a, I don't want to say a knee-jerk reaction, but it was a reaction to this season's It wasn't planned. It, it wasn't, wasn't planned. planned. It was a reaction to this season. A mid-season trade of Jamie Collins. Of a superstar, not... because the defense, although not surrendering a lot of points, isn't uh, performing to the standards, apparently, which... From 2009 to 2012 was terrible, and nobody was getting traded midseason. They were bringing guys in, brought Talib in to 
secure it. I don't know what happens behind the behind the scenes. The Iron Curtain. Yeah, you'll never know. But you can get little glimpses of what the problem was. Um, and on the face, the trade, you want to always say, in Belichick we trust, right? Don't you? That's the neat, that's that's what people are pushing towards. Yeah. I mean, half of, probably more than half of Boston is very upset by this. And then the other half is saying, look, Bill's done this before. Trust Bill. It'll work out. Trust the but process. He, but he hasn't done it before. That's what I'm saying. Well, he, he has done. He's like he, like, traded players. But every single time he's traded a good player, they were several years in. They weren't, yeah. they weren't on their uh, third or fourth year. They were in their eighth year. You know yeah, what I'm saying? They, they were, a, so they were Richard, a falling leaf. In, exactly. Uh, Richard, Seymour was, Richard Seymour was an all-pro, but he was also just finished his seventh season yeah. in New England. Or and he did, have, he did have... He went to Oakland. and He did okay. Played, but, played I mean, he was football. such a good player. Yeah. He was going to be good anywhere. Mm-hmm. But um, that's what I'm saying. He's never traded a player like this caliber... First of all, New England's never had a player like Jamie Collins. Nope. I don't know how many teams have had an athletic beast like Jamie Collins before. Oh, man. You were so hyped up on him before the I've season. I've been so hyped on him. Yeah. I, I tend to, um, you know, err on the side of uh, I like him more doing whatever he wants. To, not whatever he wants to do, but freelancing. Well, As they said, and so that is that's what clearly they said. the problem. So th- yeah, that's I mean that seems to be the issue coming out of Foxborough is that he freelanced too much or he didn't follow the defense or at least that's what Mike Lombardi was saying on Twitter. So he seems to be a, a loudmouth on Twitter. Fucking yeah, he's and, like letting, but Bill signed off on. Uh, I see. I don't agree with that. Bill says you can ask Mike. I mean, Mike's just one of the smartest guys I know. He didn't say Mike should shut the fuck up because that's not what I said. He doesn't. I guess he doesn't co-sign what Mike Lombardi's saying, but he understands why he said it. So, it sounded like a co-sign to me. It, it sounded like he's he goes. He, Mike is one of the smartest football minds I know. He knows what's going on in the league. He knows football. He's smart. Yeah. Whatever and whatever he says probably is right. It's that's what it came off to me. It's true, uh, Mike. I mean, he's been a couple bad places, you know, but he did obviously have a lot of good players come through Cleveland. And he brought them to New England. They've been stars. Jabal Sheer, Dion Lewis, for example. Yeah. Uh, so he knows football. And he says that he, he used to sit down with Jamie Collins and say, look, we're, our defense is going to be as good as you want it to be because you're such a unique athletic player that um, you can make this team great. You can make this a top defense or you can make it terrible if you don't want to play the right way. And he was... Lombardi says, don't listen to the PFF and all this, all these rating agencies that are just made up out of thin air. Look at the game film. He's, you don't know unless you know the call. So I figure more, I'd listen more to like Matt Chatham on Twitter or I listen to more expatriates like Troy Brown or some of those guys that are on, on, on networks that are saying, you know, I know that play call. Jamie Collins is supposed to be here. And he's over here, right? Yeah. So, like, on that, the big play that everyone was talking about, that where his worst game was, this most recent one, Buffalo. So he plays, whatever, 68% of the snaps. He comes out on running plays, which was odd for him. He played 100% of the snaps uh, the rest of the season. So he comes out, plays only 68% of the snaps. Nobody knows why. He's not hurt. He's fine. Um, but they're, they're putting a Landon Roberts in. They're putting Shea McClellan in. Um, just because the second play of the game, Jamie Collins freelances, and using air quotes, he freelances, and uh, Marcus Gillisley goes for 30 yards, running right up the middle. Yeah. So, the Hashtag freelancing has been trending in Boston <laughs> all day. I haven't looked at it. <laughs> oh, I mean, everybody, that's, everybody's saying This is one of those days, like a, a playoff loss type feel, where you lose a good player, um, and you feel like you've been punched in the stomach and that's that's the main thing it's like you can justify it however you you can like i i have some theories on why they did it but i still can't justify them doing it now and getting and getting a a a lower draft pick yeah the just i mean this is what it is so i i don't understand how you take a loss 
on Jamie Collins is what it, blows my mind. Uh, so you got so what they traded for was basically you get Cleveland Browns compensatory draft pick in the third round, which is the end of the third round, pick ninety seven or ninety eight, something like that, right? So you get those you get those um you get that draft pick if they get a compensatory draft pick for Alex Mack. And that's, you know, I mean, I guess they're pretty much assured it because it, it deals with playing time and how many snaps they played this year, and he's played 100% for Atlanta. But I don't know. You know, it's not a guarantee. So if they don't get that third compensatory, third-round compensatory pick, they get a fourth-round pick, which is insane. Now, I understand he's only got eight games left under his current contract because obviously the Browns aren't going to the playoffs. So they got, he's got eight games left to play for Cleveland, and he can do whatever he wants. He's a free agent. But the Patriots drafted him in the second round, right? He played to an all-pro level. He was second-team all-pro last year. He was a pro bowler. Uh, this year he was going to be a pro bowler, and he's outplaying a lot of teams. He's making some ser- – you know, he was two interceptions, a bunch of QB hits, a couple sacks, a ton of tackles, and you trade a – and you, you lose two rounds of picks on a player like that? I mean, like, going back to my point earlier, you trade him at the beginning of the season, you're going to get a first-round pick for Jamie Collins. You're not going to get a fucking fourth-round pick. It makes no sense to me. So, basically, at this point, so the way the compensatory rules work, compensatory draft picks work, is if you lose a free agent and he plays so many snaps for another team, you get, you know depending on the contract the guy gets, and it's a ridiculous algorithm formula, right? You'll get a third through a seventh-round compensatory pick. So Jamie Collins would have been a third-round draft pick no matter what. It just would have been a year later. So yeah. you could have played with him for the title run, made, you know, made a run at the Super Bowl. Which is, that's what this is. We're in a title run right now. It, obviously, they're 7-1. They're three games up on the AFC East. They're going to lock the AFC East down and... A couple games, yeah. right? And then they're going to have – they're just going to go for uh, home field advantage. And So even if you're not – even if you're very upset with him and, how can and you don't want to play him – Calm him down. Just figure or it play, out. play him. And I, I guess this is like where everyone is saying he's sending, a, he's sending a message to the defense that nobody's safe, that you're not playing up to standards. We're going to send the fucking best, most athletic player who Bill Belichick – hand-picked, went down to Southern Miss, an 0-12 football team, identified Jamie Collins, who played without a position. Nobody knew what position he'd be. He was a defensive end. He was a safety. He was a linebacker. Uh, He played all over the field in that defense. And um, Bill Belichick picks him up in the second round. Nobody knows where he's going to play. He puts him in the correct spot to succeed. And he's the one that ships him out of town, or him and Casario, right? So... Now everyone's on notice on the defense, but now you get a big hole. Jamie Jamie Collins is a, a to use a baseball analogy, he's a five tool player. <laughs> he's a fucking he can he can run fast. He can cover uh, tight ends, wide receivers. Uh, he can sack. You know he can get after the quarterback. He can tackle. He makes turnovers. He can do it all. And now you have to basically mush together five four players to create one Jamie Collins. So you're going to have Barkevius Mingo who could get after the passer. You're going to have to put in Shane McClellan or somebody to uh, cover a tight end. And then you're going to have to... Shane McClellan has been a disappointment. An absolute zero. He's Long has... Been just our defense in general. So Long is not producing lately. Like after... I mean, he had a good game one, game two. Yeah, I mean... Hasn't done much. We're not getting anything... No, we're getting no pressure. Zero pressure. And and that's the thing that's hard to swallow is that we have this juggernaut of an offense. We have Tom Brady, who's playing. on a different planet right now. So we're thinking going to the trade deadline, you know what? Our, our D looks pretty good, but that's like what we need to shape up. We need we need maybe one one addition. Pick and, up. Then, and then we do this addition by subtraction with our favorite... The, the, the player with the highest ceiling. Yes, a guy that could take over a game by himself. You remove your your greatest asset on defense and say, tell everyone in the media 
that you think the team's better now. So he gives the Wednesday or Thursday bi-week press conference, him being Bill Belichick, gives the press conference, and, they, and somebody, and this is the most direct answer I think I've ever seen him give, was they said, Did you, do you feel like you've improved your team? How do, how, how do you feel like you've improved the team? And he said, it's my professional judgment that I improved the team. So that is the most direct answer to a question that he's probably ever given. He looked at the defense, said, Jamie Collins is hurting this team. Get him out of here. We're basically paying for Jamie Collins to leave because we're losing two rounds on him. Basically, you're losing from second round to the end of the third round on a player that could have been a first-round pick. And you're getting nothing in return. You're just basically shocking the defense um, of a guy that never publicly was a nuisance. You know, nobody ever heard that he was a problem. You know, of course, all the grumblings and everything come out. The minute he's traded, oh, he wasn't that good. He missed a lot of gaps. He, he, he freelanced, hashtag freelanced. And then he, uh, you know, everyone's trying to take him down. But that's just not the way it was. So, But, I mean, to be fair, th- we were being like, eh, Collins is not, no, everyone, not what we expected right now. Exactly. He was inconsistent. And even Collins himself said that this year. Yeah, you're going to have ups and downs. And then he says, but and he played that Houston game. He took over the entire game. I mean, he intercepted that ball freelancing. He was reading the quarterback's eyes, dropped into coverage, and intercepted the ball on a play he wasn't supposed to do it. The freelancing thing annoys me on a level because I've heard Belichick himself and Tom Brady and other people talk about how freelancing is like a, you know, like a, like a sixth sense, right? So they talk about it, say, um, guys can, can just feel it. They understand what's happening. They they can sniff out a play before anybody else knows what's happening and just go for it. So I've heard them congratulate players and, and be in awe of players. This, the um, person I'm thinking of, and from the documentary I saw, was Junior Seau, who's a Hall of Famer. And Bill Belichick, was, I remember him saying, quoting, maybe it was him or Tom, but it was one of the two, saying, uh, you know what it was? Maybe it was a linebacker. Could have been anyone. Listen to me. It's fine. Maybe it was Lawrence Taylor. I don't know who it was. So he's like, uh, he says, hey, don't worry about cover me. I'm going in. He's, so Junior Seau just looks over to the guy next to him says, oh, I know what's going, and just goes. Like he just completely blows off the defensive call, says, cover me, I'm going. And, it, and uh, that was the type of shit that Junior Seau would do, who's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, but if he made the, he made the play, then he looks like a genius. Exactly. And, you and make, the problem that's is the problem. that if you make Collins was not making enough. Of the play. Well, he was making mistakes. I don't know if it was... You don't know. I mean, unless you're yeah. in that room and know the defensive call, do you know he's freelancing? I don't. I mean, sometimes I see him missing a play. I don't know if he's freelancing on that or oh, I, I mean, he misses I, a tackle. I think, he, I think he's definitely freelancing because he's a freak athlete with more talent than anyone else on the D, and we just shipped him out for yeah, but that nothing. Now you're taking you're taking words from... Patriots beat writers, you know? I mean, you're taking their word over no, I'm taking, what we see, I'm t- I'm your taking, eyes. I'm, I'm taking general logic. There was a reason we sent him out for I nothing. Know. I mean, he, he was not... And the thing about freelancing is freelancing is different in the Patriot organization. Like, you're like right. going off script a little bit, but you can't just it's be the, out there. It's the no player above the the team dynamic. Yeah, you that always happens. With you this. can't be just out there like bringing in a player that is doing the same thing he would do on any other football field with any other team. Yeah, and when you're on the Patriots, okay, freelancing, you you do something different, but you, you the system is more important. And you have to you have to stick within the, within Bill's rules, and it's I just the, don't think yeah. he was doing that. It's the philosophy of the do your job philosophy of eleven players doing their job is better than one superstar making plays, yeah. basically. So it's they're gonna stick some um, some guy at at middle linebacker. Maybe it's a Landon Roberts who is good. I'm not gonna downplay his his play, but. They're gonna stick. They're gonna stick somebody in a spot, and say, "Okay, we're gonna call, I don't know, Spider Y two Banana, whatever the fuck they call, and have him. You're gonna go where you're supposed to go, or you're gonna be off the team too." 
Yeah. I, God, it's just hard to, like I said, it's hard to get over the fact that, um, that we got nothing. And like I said, the trade just doesn't make sense, but. I know. It's just, what it's been annoying me because I'm trying to picture a scenario where it, where it makes any sense to me. All right, sorry about that. I'll see if I can edit that out. If I can't, then just deal with it. My kid was throwing up in the other room because he gets overexcited and likes to throw up his milk immediately, and this fucking kid is trying to sleep in a bed, but it's impossible right he's, now. He's fired up about the trade, too. He he's doesn't, he he's doesn't been fired up. He doesn't understand he's sick it. to his stomach, and it's clear. So where we were, whereas we were talking about the no-player-above-the-team no dynamic, where it's 11 players go towards one goal, which I agree is the best-case scenario. But I just don't know why you can't make Jamie Collins one of those 11 players, even because Jamie Collins at that position is going to be better than any other linebacker in that position. It doesn't matter. It doesn't put him in the place to succeed. Yeah. So at some point, I feel like we have to move past trying to figure out why. Because it, it... it, it happened. And it doesn't work. He's, it doesn't he's, matter. He's, I saw him in in Orange. a Cleveland Browns he was. jersey today. His and pom-pom it, hairdo. And uh, he was doing a good job, good acting job, uh, like trying to seem happy. All I heard was one quote saying, I'm still getting my money. So that's all that really mattered. I like I like that. Um, but showing up and saying oh we're, we're it's just one big family here like like what one big you just got miserable off the plane. family that hates each other and you just got off the plane 2 minutes ago you're 0 and 8 no one no one's happy there yeah. in cleveland oh. oh god it's um one thing that has always annoyed me is this team the patriots will never employ a person that it's different or too far removed from bland, almost. Um, you know, they got to be well-spoken, studious, defensive players. They never keep thuggish-type guys on the team anymore, where uh, you weren't going to keep Aqib Tlaib, or you're not going to keep Randy Moss for a long time. You're not going to keep players like that. Not to say Jamie Collins was... was uh, thug or a gangster or anything. I but mean, the, he was very quiet. Like, you never really heard anything about it. Yeah, he uh, was just so quiet that it didn't... I mean, he's a small... Didn't t- register. Yeah, small-town guy. He like, was a very small-town guy, but he didn't... He didn't project, you know, he didn't go out into the media. He wasn't, you know, a norm... He wasn't... He didn't portray himself as, say, Dante Hightower portrays himself, or Willie McGinnis did, or... Even Rodney Harrison. I mean, you can. It's okay to be a tough guy with basically, an edge. Basically, people that move directly into television, into media. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the Patriots have built their team. I don't want to say it, it's like a. I don't know, like it's a race thing, but it's like a. Uh, it's almost they keep it like a PC, not PC, but I, I'm looking for the right word. I don't want to say Uncle Tom because that's definitely not the right term, but that's. Almost the way it's close. It and is that they they do talk about that in the media about they've been. I mean, the last few weeks it's like the, the culture is it a racist culture? It's not a racist culture. It's just they, well, that's what some they select uh, New guys York that are, New York yeah, guys are saying. More mature, they they take more more mature players. That's why Brandon Spikes gets thrown out of town, and you get guys like Matt Slater giving interviews. You don't. It's it's they're not going to ever have a guy like yeah. Vontaze Perfect over yeah. here. That's like. Matt Slater wearing glasses, calling Tom Brady Thomas. Exactly. Like it's like, uh, it's they're gonna a, they're gonna employ those guys, and Jamie Collins just didn't seem to fit that mold. And maybe I don't know. They said he fought with Patricia. He was whatever, but like you said, he was a small town guy. He likes a small town atmosphere. He probably didn't feel all that comfortable in New England. I'm sure he did in Foxborough, but Cleveland's not gonna be any easier. I mean, uh, it's just. I'm always frustrated because I always want that player like that played like Rodney Harrison, that played like Brandon Spikes, or plays like Jamie Collins, that just fucking goes out there and wants to kill them all and let the paramedics sort them out. Um, you know, I, I, it, it, it's been frustrating um, watching these players as athletically gifted like as Collins was or 
uh, Akib Talib is and letting them just walk out the door because uh, they don't you, it hasn't have the been, attitude. It hasn't been that frustrating, though. It really hasn't been over the last 15 years. It hasn't been that frustrating. No, it hasn't. And, that, and, I mean, and maybe, that's, maybe that plays a, a role in it. And, like, this is what I'm comparing it to, is when the Domkin Sioux left Detroit and went down to... Um, Miami? Miami. Started out, didn't do anything. Because that... Well, who's that old, like, Marine coach for Miami when he first got there? He got fired over in London. What was his name? Oh, like the linebacker guy? No, no, not the crazy guy. That, <laughs> oh, I forgot. I think his first game was in New like, England. Like Philbin or something? Phil, Phil, Philbin, yeah, yeah, yeah. Regis. So he was locking... He locked up Sue and said, like, look, I don't want you freelancing. You're running... You're you're." You're staying in. You're staying in the pocket. You're doing yeah. what I tell you to do, and Sue wasn't producing. Yeah, and then they hired that that crazy what, linebacker. Yeah, coach, yeah. Right? He or took the tight o- end. He coach, took right? over. Um, and then I think is I think the first game was his first or second game was in New England. They won a few games with him. Well, I know they, they, they didn't. They didn't, win, they didn't win that game. No, I know they won at the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, he took over and said he kind of let him out of his cage. Yeah. He said, "Hey, you do you." And he started producing. And then once once he did that, his stats were great. And then the Dolphins went on to... Um, Win a few games, right? I mean, they, they were basically unstoppable and marched right to the Super Bowl. Oh, wait, they didn't. Ooh, burn. Sue, Sue played great, and they still suck, and they still haven't won the... They still haven't been a threat in the division. Yeah, so, but- yeah... If you and and the same thing with Collins, he's gonna go anywhere else. They're gonna let him do what he wants, and he's probably gonna be awesome. He is. He's yeah. probably gonna put up stats and be especially like, this season. Yeah, and we're gonna be like, shit, we had him, but it's never gonna matter. But Cleveland is gonna still be... gonna lose. They're still gonna be terrible. Yeah, they're not gonna. They'll they'll win a couple games, yeah. maybe. So Sue can. He can he can have great seasons down in Miami. He can step on Tom Brady when he gets a chance. Yeah. But they're still going to be a bad team. So if Collins doesn't work in New England, if he doesn't buy into the system, then Bill says, look, okay, have fun in Cleveland. Yeah, I've had, I mean, Jamie Collins, he's, he's not, I mean, I loved him. I still like him. It's just I always got a weird vibe off of him. It was always a weird vibe. So I remember when... He's Rand- a country boy. He's a country, sure, but most of these guys are. So I've felt like uh, when they when they got rid of Randy Moss, right, it happened very quick, and nobody saw it coming. It was similar to this Jamie Collins trade where you felt like this player's indispensable. Can't lose Randy Moss. Best player on the offense. Uh, need him, need him, need him, right? And in 2010, they traded him. Brought back Dion Branch, and the offense was better without Randy Moss. But See, that ha- didn't shock me at all. That one didn't shock me because Moss came in from Minnesota, and he kind of dropped that persona and bought in, and everything was great, but you didn't hear me, me, me. And then things st- shifted. That's what I mean. That's what I was hear- getting to. It was like they had the, the charity events in, in, in Foxborough and Gillette Stadium, and they, you know, you're getting all the reports. Uh, uh, Tom Brady's playing with these people, and Matt Slater's playing with these people. Vince Wilfork's playing with these people. And then they said Randy Moss is just sitting in the corner with his headphones on. And every single time you saw Jamie Collins, either it was with the media or you know at the game, or not playing in the game, but like if he was on the sidelines during practice or something like that, always had earbuds in, always. And it was like. He didn't want to be part of the outside world. He wanted to play football and leave. And I don't think he made a stink anywhere else. I just think that it kind of rubs people the wrong way. Like, he didn't want to be part of the family, as he calls it, in Cleveland. Maybe he, doesn't want to be, he didn't want to be part of the, the collective one of winning a Super Bowl, or, which he's already done, so it's stupid to even say, but... Yeah, and people say, people say football is different than other sports, yeah. where... There's so many more people that there's cliques and people that don't even know each other in the locker room. And so that that kind of acting that way isn't that big a deal. And it's commonplace in football. But maybe it's not commonplace in New England. Maybe like they expect more 
don't know, camaraderie and like maybe, guess, that's, yeah. maybe, maybe that's what Bill goes for. I he mean, does. He builds the team from ground up and he makes them mesh as one. Doesn't matter where you came from, what school you went to, how tall you are, how you know how fast you can run. If you can do your job, you're going to be on the team. I yeah. mean, there were so many players that were role players forever. I mean, there was Troy Brown was cut by Parcells. I mean, there was guys that that ended up being on those three Super Bowl teams that were really castaways. Yeah, Vrabel, for instance, was a big one. I mean, of course, you had the superstars that helped the team, but you had role players that became superstars because Belichick gave him a chance to win. And, you know, I kind of hope that's what he does here with, you know, Barkevius Mingo. I'd love to see him get another chance running up the middle. He he that he played a few plays in, in Collins' ab- absence last week where he, he blitzed that A-gap and looked just like Jamie Collins. So I'm hoping to see more of that come uh, Seattle in two weeks at home. Uh, I'll be interested to see the reception the Patriots get from the fans because I think Jamie Collins really was a loved player. I mean, he was loved because he there, he had a high ceiling, but honestly, we didn't know that much about him because he was quiet. Exactly. He's not an outspoken guy. I guess that's true. I mean, you you do you fall in love more with the media personas of players in a lot of scenarios yeah. where, I mean, Terrell Owens was like a kind of like a hot button where he, people loved him or people hate yeah. him, especially if he was on your team, you loved him until he started to try and ruin the team, and then he was not on the team, yeah. and he, then you hated him, but... But like, yeah, maybe, and I, that's what I'm thinking. Maybe Collins just wasn't gelling. If you're not in front of the camera, if you're not, you know, he's making plays, and his team loves him. And it was clear that you hear all the quotes from Butler and McCordy and and Chris Long, Ninkovich, and all these guys. They obviously loved him on the team, but all the coaching just coaches obviously didn't mesh with him. He wasn't doing what he was told. I mean, they may have loved them. I mean, yeah. you got to put them. You got to put yourself in like those players' shoes. They're being asked by re- reporters, "Hey, what do you think about Jamie Collins' uh, game today? Get... What What are you going to say? Oh, yeah, he plays great. He's a versatile player. He's unbelievable. I mean, yeah, he's trying to get caught. You know, they're always trying to trip up the Patriots play. That's what the beat writers do. They go in there and try and trip up Belichick, or they try to trip up uh, the players. So they'll get fucking in trouble with Belichick, so they can be the guy and say, "Hey, I asked the question that fucked up a Patriots day or fucked his game up." Yeah, well, so, that just doesn't happen in New England. Like they're, they're so buttoned up, like after it. a loss or something. I mean, even I mean, people that are as outspoken like as Martellus Bennett, they, he doesn't even say yeah. anything. I mean, remember, tell me a time. Uh, I, I can't even name. I can't even recall a time when like we had a bad loss and, you know. One player was talking trash about another player on the team. It just it just doesn't happen in New England. Oh, about their own team. Yeah. No. I, I just I mean, and that's commonplace in any other organization. I remember a very clear one where uh Peyton Manning says that you know, he he threw his offensive lineman under the bus after a playoff loss. It was clear as day he did it. He was, said that the offensive line couldn't block today, I couldn't throw it. That's what happened. Yeah. So he he said after a playoff loss, he I remember him uh, saying the kicker didn't make the kick after the Patriots uh, beat him in in the opener of um, two thousand five or two thousand four, one of those years, and um, yeah, of course it doesn't happen here. They don't. The only time I've heard them talk about other players is when they've beaten another team that was talking shit. Yeah. So like, I for instance like when they beat San Diego in two thousand uh, six uh, AFC divisional game, they. Uh, they were talking shit basically after that game, saying, you know, they talked all this talk and all that crap against the Pittsburgh Steelers when they were undefe- when the Patriots were undefeated, and they were talking the whole time. Belichick even said something after that, yeah. saying, we've played a lot better safeties than Anthony Smith, remember? Yeah. So, I even heard rumblings. Uh, Anthony Smith, little... hold on, by the way, was my economics partner in my freshman year of college. So just a little tidbit to look into my life, me and Anthony Smith. Hey, go orange. Go orange. Go, go orange. And uh, so, to go on that, I did hear little rumblings early in the week about uh, any retaliation from uh, the buff for Buffalo. Oh, for running through. Yeah, yeah. But that really got buttoned up pretty quick. That was stupid anyway. It was only retaliation to the point of, we want to win now because they fought our coaches and we didn't know about it the first time. Yeah. So now we know about it. We're going to remember it and go out there and play our hardest. 
And, and we have Tom Brady, so yeah, exactly. we really don't have a chance anyway. And we're going to hit a little harder, and we're going to play a little harder. So that's just the way that was. It wasn't like, oh, they pushed around our coaches and our rookies, so let's go fucking put our helmet in their knees. That's not yeah. what it was. It was something completely different. So I know, I know we said we weren't going to really talk about Buffalo because there's nothing really to talk about. We just killed them. But did you see um, Rex and his brother sitting there on the sideline, like, laughing? Smiling at the end of the game. I mean, he just, just knew that they couldn't compete. Yeah, and after, not that, I mean, Rex, they didn't have a full team. Like, I mean, they didn't have their full complement. I mean, Sammy Watkins is hurt. LaShawn McCoy wasn't playing. Their best defender was hurt. Um, so, I mean, they weren't playing with the full complement of a team. I mean, but, again, they still beat us without Tom Brady and fucking... Yeah. Well, look out. Look out. You see, we came out of retirement today. Oh, yeah. Big Percy Harvin. <laughs> oh, boy. He, he's a, he's, he builds chemistry in locker rooms, I hear. Didn't you guys have a really good um, podcast? Uh, what is it like podcast? Do you talk about Percy Harvin a little bit? I don't remember. Maybe. He's got a checkered past, doesn't he's he? He's got a big... Well, he's ruined every team he's been on. Yeah. He was like a... He was on Minnesota. They threw him out of there. He got signed by Seattle. They won the Super Bowl, but they hated his guts and traded him immediately. Um, didn't he go to the Jets? He went to the Jets went for a little while. From, he went. Didn't he go from the Jets from Seattle? He went to the Jets from Seattle, and then he went to Buffalo, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And he's like on his seventh team. Uh, I mean, he was, he, he was also seen as the most athletic crazy athlete uh offensive player coming out of college so that's what a rex ryan team needs is another loose cannon exactly someone that just shoots off and fucking does whatever he wants <laughs> he did some crazy shit like he remember he called he, i think he was the guy that started the thing where russell wilson wasn't black enough he was, yeah. yeah when he was like you know russell wilson was, russell wilson isn't like us he's not black enough he's married to a white girl all this crap yeah. as a white man i'm comfortable saying that russell wilson isn't is well, it he's, like he's if, not black, if we're talking about Percy, he's not black huh? enough to be around Marshawn Lynch, but he's <laughs> I mean he's he he's blacker than me, yeah. Uh, I mean there's very few people that are black enough to hang out with Marshawn Lynch, I think. I mean you were you lived in Oakland, right? You lived in San Francisco. He's from Oakland. No, I dr- I mean I lived in the Bay Area and I drove through Oakland. I actually I went to I went to Raiders games and then I left Oakland immediately yeah. after. So how is Oakland? Is I mean does Marshawn Lynch fit? In? Do you think Russell Wilson would fit in there? Better no, question. No, no. <laughs> there, there's this place called the Oakland Hills. That's, I think it's Oakland Hills, where a lot of the Raiders live. It's supposed to be really nice. I've never seen it. Yeah, <laughs> you just, just hear it's like Never Neverland. It's just, yeah, I've heard it's nice, yeah, but yeah, nobody yeah. goes there. I heard there's Ferris wheels and uh, uh, you know a bunch of trains, but uh, no, Oakland is uh, rough. rough. I'll tell you, it's a rough one. Welcome to Oakland, bitch. Uh, Dave Chappelle's stand up. Go over that bridge. Um, so, back on track here. So, why trade him now in the middle of the title run, like we discussed? Uh, how does a trading a Pro Bowl linebacker for a small draft pick help this team? I, in my mind, I don't think it makes any sense. Uh, everyone, like we said, it's, every talking head in the media, it's to send a message. Um, and this is the only way they're going to fix the defense. But I never really thought this team defense uh, needed fixing. I mean, sure, they gave up some plays. They're still the, f- the only team in the league that hasn't given up a play of 40 yards or more. They're top five in scoring defense. Sure, you give up yards and you give up somewhat of a bend-don't-break philosophy, even though Belichick says that doesn't exist. Uh, you give up a lot of third downs, but at the same time, you're blowing teams out by fucking 20. Now... It may be true that they haven't played a premier offense and they're not going to for the rest of the season until they get to, you know, maybe Pittsburgh comes back in an AFC championship game and they're playing. I'm not too worried about that unless Ben Roethlisberger just doesn't play until the playoffs because he's he just takes too many hits. He's going to keep getting hurt. He's not going to be 100%. For the rest of the season, probably. And they're already saying he's going to play this week. So, yeah, he sh- honestly. Against Baltimore. I mean, you're going to get Pittsburgh, who's got they'll have a, they have a great offense. So that's the only time you're going to see a great offense. Yeah, and they when can, you're not in the Super Bowl. Yeah, they really need they need. And ben even then, get, what if what happens if it's Seattle in the Super Bowl? They don't have a great offense. I mean, I, that's what I'm I'm trying to go back through the teams now. I mean, Minnesota is clearly they're done. Now. I mean, forget I about I, we're not even getting into the NFC, but um, the AFC, Denver. Are you afraid of their offense I'm with not, that I'm quarterback? Not afraid, I'm not afraid of them at all. I mean, didn't uh, 
Yeah, San Diego went in there. San Diego always gives them fits, but yeah. I mean, San Diego was not not a good football team, and they they gave them a run in Denver. I don't see who. I mean, who's going to make the playoffs? I mean, Houston is going to make the playoffs. It's going to be Houston or Indianapolis in the South. They're both terrible. They're going to have um, in the North. You're going to get Pittsburgh. In the East, Patriots, obviously. The West will be where you get the wild card from, and you're going to get the Raiders and the... Uh, maybe the Raiders. Maybe they're the best team. I'm, did you watch the last game, the Raiders' last game? Uh, I mean, no, the, I didn't. They, they set the record in uh, Most penalties. penalties. There's, yeah. they're, no. They're not, com- also they're, a, not, they're not coming to Foxborough. It's a Jack Del Rio team who Belichick just eats. The team, Jack Del Rio. Uh, the team I am... Uh, that's I started t- getting a little. They raised my b- blood pressure a little bit. Were are the Chiefs, but we know what happens when they come to Foxborough. And Alex Smith is uh, hurt. I think it, he Jamal might be al- he might hurt. be alive, but um, Jamal Charles is hurt. Well, J- Jamal Charles is done. He's uh, done they forever. have uh, what's his name, uh, Demarcus Ware, and he's Spencer Ware. Spencer Ware, yeah, right. And uh, yeah, he's he's better, way better than Jamal Charles. So he, yeah, he's playing better anyway, but. I just don't know. I, I don't see how this, the defense was really all that broken where the team is 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 playing this, you know, this well and they're winning. I mean, it's not going to um, change the fact that, you know, they're still a top five team in defensive scoring and, a to- and the number one offensive scoring team. I mean, I would have <laughs> liked to feel like we got stronger at D rather the trade than deadline, yeah. rather than I do feel like. But hey, it sucks that you. But, you became weaker at the trade deadline because yeah. there's no way that this is made. I mean, it's it's easy to say now, but I guess you got to look at this at the end of the season, um, as it always has been in New England and to, it, up until now since 2001. If the Patriots win the Super Bowl, it's a successful season. If they don't win the Super Bowl, it's not a successful season. So very depressing off season. I guess you're gonna have to see how this season ends and evaluate would Jamie Collins have really helped. Would it yeah. have made any difference if Jamie Collins was there? Because oh. it's fairly certain that Jamie Collins was not going to come back next year, yeah. next year, obviously now. So, so that's it. I mean, it's it's basically, uh, I guess it's it's Belichick's ideals versus everybody else on Earth. Because I mean, he's not above being questioned, but he's earned the right to do whatever decision he wants to make with any player. I mean, he's he's his rate of success is is so high now. It's he's turned thuggish players or bad examples on other teams to good players and guys that fit the bill and did what they're supposed to do in New England and he shipped out guys that he didn't need anymore and they just became role players somewhere else with the exception of a very slim few where Danny Woodhead was really good, even though he's torn his ACL 40 times since yeah. he's left. Or Richard Seymour, who he traded, who he knew was going to be good. but he got, like, what, four more years? He had, like, four more years out of him, and uh, everyone just keeps bringing that no, up. No, Jamie, Jamie Collins is going to be a beast. Him he's going to get paid. Him and Chandler Jones are going to yeah. get paid big money. But I think the whole time was keep Dante Hightower anyway. The whole yeah. plan since the beginning was... Hightower, and, and he's the Patriot. That's what we've been talking about. He's the guy that's in front of the camera. He's the media guy. He's, he's respectful. He's intellectual. He's smart. He wears his reading glasses when he's outside. <laughs> he looks like, I mean, he's a nice guy, and he's a hell of a player. Thank you, boss. Thank you, boss. <laughs> exactly. So he'll just do, as the coaches yeah. tell him, he pl- plays 100% of the snaps. He outplays 99% of the linebackers in the league, so... He's going to get all the money. Malcolm Butler's going to get the money. Now probably going to get Jabal Sheard paid and Martellus Bennett. But yeah. would, you like, would you like to have Jamie Collins? Yeah, I think yeah. I would. My concern is that um, who wears – and Hightower it could get injured. I mean, he, he's not like the – I mean, he could definitely go down. And he if he's hurt for any length of time, who's wearing the green sticker – on the defense, who's quarterback in the defense, and it was like and, a Landon Roberts at this point yeah, now. Yeah, and uh, I guess a guy who goes from a sixth round pick to now your your defensive captain, or maybe yeah. McCordy, say, I guess it has to be a line, but it has to be a, probably McCordy. Well, I they guess. said Nick is willing to do it. Oh, he's done, done it before. before. Yeah, Nickovich has done it before, and I he's mean, comfortable doing it. And and Bill 
did say that Collins was not comfortable doing it and did not like it. He did say that? When did he say that? Um, that's source again. I know. <laughs> sources. No, no, hashtag hashtag I, sources. I did take that from... Um, I hate to say it, but I think it might have been... Uh, Lynn Item. It was it, it was like the Saturday radio show I heard that on. Oh that gosh. they were saying that uh Collins was not comfortable wearing uh the green dot. The green dot. Yeah, now that I think about it, I don't think I remember him wearing it, but um I mean may, I don't know if he ever did in a game. Yeah, I don't but. either, but I mean Alandon Roberts was I think he was the defensive captain at Houston. He's a soft spoken guy, but he plays like a fucking Cannonball, wrecking ball. Yeah, he's just undersized, so if it, if it yeah, depends. he's not going to make the plays Jamie Collins did, but he looks like a short tackler in the in the with a he looks like Ted Johnson with like Jamie Collins speed basically. Yeah. And Bill loves those guys with like moxie, those under that undersized like bruiser yeah, shouldn't be here, but just fought his way from the bottom. And you know, it it was it was weird that. Dante Hightower, Jamie Collins, and Landon Roberts, who could have been your your linebacker trio for the foreseeable future, they never saw the field at the same time ever once because of either one reason or the other. Hightower was injured a couple games. Jamie Collins was injured a couple games. Um, and then this past week, Landon Roberts substituted for Jamie Collins. So uh, you never got to see what that trio would be like uh, in the game. So yeah. that's unfortunate. But what are you going to do? So... Basically, they, they get immediate value for Jamie now. So they get the 2017 compensatory pick rather than the 2018. And that's what, that's what, that's what hurts. Is like We like to see as fans, we like to see immediate value. Yes. Give me something for like, a player that I love. You can't tell me that they wouldn't. The Cleveland Browns, who were looking to trade Joe Hayden, yeah. like uh, their best cornerback, yeah. weren't like, hey, we'll give you Jamie Collins for Joe Hayden. Okay, yeah, deal. Wants to get out. Yeah, like, doesn't want to be there. Tell me that wouldn't be an upgrade over Logan Ryan or Eric Rowe. You have Malcolm Butler and Joe Hayden well, on the outside. Yeah, these things were thought about though. Like it's not like me. Like it's yeah, not I, like I, we're sitting. I don't here think and... we're breaking down fucking yeah, walls yeah. here. I mean, I think Belichick and Casario threw it around, but yeah, like the, maybe we could get a great corner. It says something that a player that we think of as so elite was shopped around the league. And this is the best value you can get is a, a, a compensatory third round pick to a team that's 0 and 8 and like needs everything. They need to rebuild from the bottom up. They've got $100 million of cap space. Yeah. And the best thing you can get is their third round pick. You can't get a fucking first round pick or multiple picks. Yeah. Well, maybe, I mean, maybe they account for, I mean, they definitely account for where they're sending them. I mean, they're not going to send them anywhere. Where they have to see him again? No, never. I mean, I mean you don't want to see you don't want to see James. Of Collins. course, that's a, that's the only thing that worries me is he has eight games and he can be like fuck this place. Like I just went from a team that didn't lose, you know, didn't lose more than four games a season, went to, won the Super Bowl once, and we're in the in the race till the end every single season I've been there to a team that can't get out of their own way. Fuck this! I'm gonna go play for the Denver Broncos next season. They don't have the they don't they can't pay him. They, who knows? They can get rid of fucking some of those players. I mean, Vaughn Miller and, and Demarcus Ware is at the end of his rope. T.J. Ward is getting paid a lot, but he stinks. I mean, they don't have to pay Peyton Manning anymore. They can pay defensive guys what they were paying Peyton Manning. So you can go. He can go to Denver. He can go to fucking the Jets and terrorize us for a decade. That's what that what scares me because there's no way a guy like Jamie Collins is not holding a grudge. I mean, he said all the right things today in that Shaughnessy hit piece, but. I mean, Collins said all the right things until um, until Lombardi started speaking up, and then he was like, "Look, I never said anything about." It's very interesting about that. Yeah, fucking. I never said about anything about getting crazy money. Yeah, like Von Miller money, right? Yeah, yeah. Which so he fought back there, but I don't even know who reported. It. I think both Ben Volan and and Rap Sheet had one was okay. The Patriots offered him eleven million dollars a year. Jamie Collins immediately said, that's not true. And Mike Lombardi was like, no, we never offered him that. $11 million is average. Oh, it's, it's, it's Pro Bowl linebacker money. It's not Pro Bowl pass rusher money, right? So if no, you were nothing, gonna, nothing about this story is, tells me is that, accurate tells me that they were negotiating with him at all during. No, the, I think that they, 
So apparently they discussed $11 million. There was nothing written on paper. There was like, okay, $11 million is like we were thinking. And then so all I get from it is that maybe Jamie's camp was like, we want to be here somewhere ridiculously high. And then Belichick was probably like, eh, we're thinking more like $11 million, right? And that's probably where it ended. And and maybe maybe Collins is the type of player who – if he's not getting what he wants, his play is affected. You know. Yeah. See, that's not what I'm seeing. I'm seeing that he, Collins knew he knows he's going to get a lot of money. Yeah, anywhere. And Bill Belichick said, "I'm not paying this guy. I'm not even. I'm not even negotiating. That's why. If if there was any negotiation, they wouldn't have sent him off halfway through the season. Exactly. No, they could have waited. They could have. They could have." Franchised him at fifteen million yeah, yeah. and cut him or or, or traded him. Yeah. That would have been and got and got something in return. Yeah. First round picks. So there was zero negotiation. That's why Collins was not checked out. That's why he said he wasn't mad about being traded. I mean, he it they said it was mutual. It was best yeah. for best for both parties, which means Jamie Collins, wasn't coming back. Collins knows he's going to get paid somewhere, and he knew it wasn't going to be New England. And maybe winning isn't. Number one in his priority list, if that's the the case. I mean, where everyone in in New England, that it has to be your number one goal, it has to be the team yeah. and winning. But here, number like, one, like you said, he already has a Super Bowl, so it's true too. Have, now go get so money. He has a Super Bowl, so he's saying, yeah, I could finish the season here, but they already told me they're not going to pay me. They have no interest in paying me. I know I'm going to make a lot of money somewhere else. So I don't think it was necessarily his decision to be traded. No, he said it surprised him. It's, yeah, I think it surprised him that he got traded midseason because why would you want to play and, and, and bleed and fight for and to go 7-1 and one with your teammates who you love and love you back and watch them go on to win the Super Bowl or, or play, you know, knock on wood and then or play well and for the rest of the season and you're fucking up in Cleveland losing every game, freezing your ass yeah. off. Going to the Rock know. and Roll Hall of I Fame. I can't put myself in that situation because I'm not getting paid by the Patriots and I don't know any of them and I, I still want to fight and bleed for them. <laughs> it's true, too. Um, uh, I just, I, I, I hate the fact, I just don't like to listen to any of these reports, especially after somebody's immediately gone. It happened with Chandler Jones, too, where, where the players trade and then he's immediately, he was terrible forever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, where, uh, where Twitter's just like, well, actually, uh, you know, Chandler Jones wasn't that great. I mean, he yeah. actually slowed down in the second half of the season. Yeah, you but we're, guil- we're guilty of that, calling him fat and stuff. Well, he looks away. fat in the first game. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Obviously, he's doing well. I mean, he's getting fucking heaps of praise over in Arizona, but um, I-, I hate those comments. Um, I mean, Jamie Collins, he's worth an investment. Obviously, wherever you, he just got to be put in the right place to succeed. That's the reason Belichick took him and put him in linebacker. Nobody knew where to play him. It was obvious. I mean, he he jumped out of the fucking the Colts stadium at the combine. He set fucking records and long with the broad jump, the speed, everything, height. He could fucking dunk a basketball that was twenty feet in the air if he had to. He fucking flies. Yeah, but and. Cleveland is a beautiful place for him to succeed, and I hope he does because I hope he stays in Cleveland. I hope they offer him ownership of the franchise to stay there, and then he's just the in old Cle- Bobby Orr. He's in Cleveland, and then when we go to Cleveland, we just like, oh, look out for Jamie Collins, and then we just, you know, still beat Cleveland, and we don't have to see him in the playoffs, and it's great. I don't want him sign. What I don't want is him Leaving. ending up and going to like a Seattle or a oh, God. any team that. I don't like playing. Yeah, like a team that's already good and is missing like a piece. Like yeah. having Jamie Collins to Seattle's defense would be yeah. crazy. Or at, which I don't think they have the money, but yeah, I don't know fucking cap. I'm not yeah. a I'm and, not a capologist. But, hey, maybe Bill thinks about that. Like maybe he says, "Well, we'll throw him to Cleveland. They're stupid. They're gonna pay him. They'll pay. They're, him they're gonna overpay dollar. pay yeah. for him. He's gonna just be like, all right. Well, I'm a Cleveland guy now. I'm never win anything again. But I have my nice Super Bowl ring, and I can just be very rich in Cleveland. And then it's super and, rich in Cleveland. And then on the Extra la- and then on the last day of the season every year. Fly home to fucking Mississippi yeah. and live the life in my gigantic castle mansion yeah. that I built off Cleveland dollars. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's something to be said about playing for Cleveland and being a superstar for that franchise for the next decade. Or, and I don't know, I was I was dealt 
this Patriots mindset from the last 20 years where, like, I would never want to play somewhere else. Like, why would you want, like, an extra $2 million a year to be a mediocre team where you can get, you know, $10 million to w- almost win Super Bowls or win Super Bowls or get $12 million to play for Cleveland? You know, I always hated stuff like that. But um, you never know what's going in on these individual and these players' minds. Um Obviously, football, probably more than anything. you got 53 players, each one of them from a different place. Each one of them has got a different mindset about money. Because I'm going to probably, a heavy percentage of them grew up with less than nothing. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, So the minute they see any dollar, they're like... Yeah. I, I remember seeing... Um, it's business. They're, they're not fans. Like, no, exactly. It's business. Exactly. They go to get paid as just like we go to get paid at work. Um, so... I just remember seeing this just always reminds me of, oh, maybe are they going to be able to re-sign Sante Samuel after you have that ridiculous season, like 2007 or 2008, he had a ridiculous season, had like six pick sixes, ridiculous, eight interceptions, and tons of fumble recoveries, dropped one big interception in the Super Bowl, might have heard of it. Um, <laughs> but everyone's saying he's going to get, you know, he needs... He's going to go somewhere where he's going to get paid big bucks. I was like, I don't know. Sante Samuel might not be like that. And it came out on the news. He had a tattoo that said, get paid on it. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> They're done. <laughs> so he went to Philadelphia for a zillion dollars immediately. <laughs> and then the Patriots never had a good cornerback ever again until Darrell Rivas and Malcolm Butler. Um, which, again, s- similar scenario to, to Jamie Collins with Darrell Rivas, where you got your Super Bowl ring, why stay? Where I can go get paid a billion dollars to play for the Jets and have my body collapse on the field. I mean, Collins, I mean, Rivas never gave a shit. He was just like, oh, yeah, I'll do this for a year. Like, yeah. I mean, well, he gave his all, obviously, for the Pats. He I didn't know. like. He, anytime he steps on the field, I don't know, actually. When he was in Tampa Bay, I feel like, I feel like he didn't give a fuck. Probably not. He tore yeah. his ACL the year before. The second season after that, he was like still getting his knee ready. So it was kind of like a weird two yeah. years for him. Then he comes to the Patriots and is just dominant. And he does have like a real undying love for the Jets, which is, well, it can't be that undying considering he like. Came, I just that's he weird. Came here. Like, I was scared he was going to go to Buffalo. That's where I thought he should have went was Buffalo. Like, oh. Rex Ryan drafted you. He's the one that made you who you are. Yeah. When he and went to the Jets, I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> thank God. Uh, yeah, I, I was actually a little bit relieved he didn't go to play for the fucking Bills. Because uh, the Bills were looking, the D was looking scary. Yeah, until, they, like, seven of them got suspended. and Yeah, they lost they all their pass rushers. And Mario Williams was just a, a shell of his former self. But, yeah, like you said, I, I, I hope that he succeeds. I really hope he does well in Cleveland or wherever he goes. I just don't want him to come to a rival and torture us for a decade because he's such a good player, and I hate that he's been made like an enemy. Basically, no, I mean he wasn't in it. He really wasn't an enemy until this whole Lombard, Lombardi stuff. I don't think. I mean, Bill was just saying like, "Hey, yeah, I don't like Lombardi talking out of school like that." Oh talking. yeah, I don't think Bill loved. I don't think Bill loved it. I mean, like, like, he's it, like, "Hey, yeah, go talk to him." He's not on. He's not even on this. He's not on the staff. He <laughs> yeah. works for Fox Sports. He yeah. has to tweet and talk about this yeah. shit. So it's annoying. To deal with. And, like, it's telling, too, because, like, Dan Shaughnessy did this stupid hit piece today where basically he he lied to Jamie Collins' face. You could see it's right in there. He says... Oh, I saw him in the locker room with a... Yeah. Like, he's in Cleveland because of the World Series. Right. And the curly-haired boyfriend, uh, Dan Shaughnessy, is in there. And he's, he's asking Jamie Collins, what do you think of them insulting you out the door? Number one, not one Patriots coach or player insulted Jamie Collins. It's just a complete lie to his face. Yeah, a former coach. Yeah, a fo- not even a former coach. A former front a form a former front. front office executive and that works for Fox Sports said something that wasn't even an insult says that, you know, he takes plays in his own hands too often. He didn't say Jamie Collins is fucking terrible and I hate him. He didn't say Jamie Collins has dumb hair, which is true. I can't even believe Shaughnessy is like I don't know what the fuck's up with him, but he, he had so many... That, that insulting him out the door thing drove me nuts on so many levels. Because how could you just lie to a player's face to have him have animosity towards, you know, a fan base and a, a team like you do? Like, yeah. why would you do that? The guy lived and breathed New England Patriots football for the last four years, and you're going to say that. I mean... That's just Shaughnessy, though. He makes his money he by being, being the one, like, 
he considers he's like the lone non-homer in Boston. Like he's, yeah, he's, he's been he's, the he biggest could. Red Sox homer ever. Why does he, he probably doesn't even know who Jamie Collins was until two days ago when he wanted to get at Belichick? Oh no, he loves to talk about the Patriots and the Bruins, and he has no no clue what he's. So talking I mean, he probably about. He he only have, knows baseball. He couldn't have picked Jamie Collins out of that defensive locker room. No, no way. If he wasn't standing in front of his fucking nameplate, he wouldn't yeah. have known it was Jamie Collins. So. He asked him, he says, do you know who Mike Lombardi is? And Jamie Collins says, no, I don't know who he yeah. is. Like, I was like, that might tell you all you need to know about Jamie yeah. Collins. The guy was a fucking, the front office executive, helped you win a Super Bowl, literally had face-to-face talks with you. and uh, <laughs> No more than six months ago. <laughs> exactly. It was literally like a year ago, you guys were winning, you guys were in playoffs together chatting. Um, but I just hope he, 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 uh, he does what he's supposed to do he was chatting with him but he had his earbuds in so yeah he, I'm sure he couldn't hear him he couldn't hear anybody because he had his fucking headphones in all right that's a good place to end so uh you got anything else you wanted to talk about about it uh no no i'm pretty happy hey i, I just want to say we're good we're happy we're we're mildly we're pretty healthy are we in belichick we trust again do we talk so, ourselves yeah, down we're, we're fine we're fine the, yeah. the league is a joke. I, don't, I barely even watch the games anymore. The teams are so bad. There's like four good teams, maybe. And not even that. Like Minnesota looked great, and now they suck. Terrible. Fire their offensive coordinator. You got Patriots, Cowboys. Who like I? The, I don't even think the Cowboys could step on the field with the Patriots. Really terrible. They're playing with that weird magic Cowboys juice that they get every ten years. Like when they had Tony Romo play for the first season, he dropped the ball. In the playoffs on the extra point. Remember that? Yeah. So and they're playing I, with that weird magic cowboy thing they get where they're good every 10 I'm years. I'm sleeping just fine at night, which yeah. is really dangerous. That I mean, I, yeah. I've been known. What, Did like, the same thing in 2007. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Th- that can lead to dark times. Well, let's <laughs> just make this times. season the the opposite of 18-1 terrible and make it 18-1 great. Just yeah. win out the rest of the season. I, I, I got to take this to the air. I got to get back to I gotta get back to 204. 204 would love to have you. I haven't been 204 in a while. We've got to get you in the seats. We've got to get you a fucking season ticket package. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at taking out Big Mike any day now. Um, He's old. He's liable to fall. Yeah, I know. I got to get him out. <laughs> got to get, go after him. Maybe next year at the Maui. Um, Throw <laughs> maybe an errant horseshoe. Dive. <laughs> Dive at so the Maui name. Classic is a, uh, is a... We have... Three guys that go to the games with us. It's me, my brother, and this guy Mike. He throws a horseshoe tournament every week, uh, every uh, week, every summer. So before football season. So Vince has been trying to take his season tickets for a couple of years now. So I think Vince is going to throw an errant horseshoe. Take him the season. Get that ankle. He's got weak ankles. Although he's he brings the heat every time. He's a great fan. I he mean, is a great fan. Yeah. He he gets two hundred four lit. Two hundred four stays lit, yeah. but it gets extra lit when the boys are in town. So um, until then. I've been getting some follows on t- on Twitter. Malcolm GoPod at Malcolm GoPod is blowing up. At Brady Disciple, not too much, but that's my where I tweet the most. Um, send me questions, send me tweets. We'll throw it on the podcast. Had some good interaction this week. Want to keep it up? I want to keep this as like a uh, more of a a fan podcast where there's a lot of interaction. You can give me bits. We'll do fucking bits. You can come on the show. We'll do whatever you want. We'll we'll. Uh, I don't know. Do videos. I don't have any multimedia shit. I'll throw you on my iPhone. Video. If you have ideas. We'll face. Yeah, gr- just throw a, me some fucking ideas. It's a process. We'll party. We'll get it going. Have a few beers. Have some fun. Um, so should have a, a special guest in here in a couple weeks. Maybe next week since the World Series is in tonight. Um, you going for Cubbies? Yeah, I'm going Cubbies. Let's go Cubbies. Go cubbies. Uh, I want Tito to win, but go Cubbies. Um, Till then, follow me at Malcolm Gopod at Brady Disciple and. You can get me on uh, Gmail, MalcolmGoPodcast at gmail.com. Go Pats. Do your job. All right, don't try to make too much out of it. Just do your job. 47, 8 months ago, right? All for this moment. It's about order. It's about respect. We win this game. You're honored. Your kids are honored. Your family's honored. Stack receivers, two to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands. He has it. Wilson, quick throw. And it's good. Intercepted. Intercepted to Malcolm Butler. Butler has it at the one. Malcolm Butler. 
Warner goes back to throw, and here's the blitz by Mike Brayden. The back You're the greatest quarterback in the world, man. Hey, I love you, man.